0: Hey there folks, welcome back to Classic Camera Revival and today we are not talking about artillery or naval guns, we are instead talking about the popular 1901 release Kodak 120 film and no it's not actually 120 millimeters in width. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival,
1: coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode.
0: Hey there folks, welcome back. And if you're not triggered already <laughs> by the sheer title of the episode being the 120 millimeter files, just so that you know, there was actually a medium format roll film that had a 120 millimeter size so roll films as we know it today were first released in 1881 and kodak just assigned numbers to them so it started with the 101 format and then along the way you ended up with 113 and 114 and that's where this 120 millimeter format comes in but by that point you're looking at images that are four and a half inches. So even though it's on a roll, it's actually closer to large format than what we know as medium format today. So we end up getting all the way to 119, and then in 1901, Kodak releases the number two brownie, and they need another name for that film format. So you're kind of getting to where I'm coming from here. That number assigned was 120. So it really has nothing to do with the size of the image or the film itself. But everyone here is a big fan of medium format. And so we are just going to talk everything medium format today. So around the table, probably the person who is just starting to get a new feel for 120 film is John Meadows.
2: Yep. And although to be clear, I've used 120 film for quite some time, um, but mainly in the square six by six or uh, the six, four, five format. And uh, I really do love the, the square, but what I've recently done is gotten a Texas Leica. I got, uh, that's not the official brand name. Of course, it's a uh, Fujika GW 690. Uh, Japanese-made camera. It's a rangefinder that takes 120 film, but the size of the negative is a massive, beautiful, seemingly infinite—six um, centimeters by nine centimeters—and I just love the size of that negative. Like it's almost like it's close to medium format. But the the camera itself, the um, the usability of the camera is uh, it's like, if you've used a 35 millimeter rangefinder, you pick up this camera and you are productive in seconds. Everything is where you expect it to be. You just have to get used to, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a double stroke film line, but then, you know, if you come from certain Leicas, you're probably already used to that as well. So, and the, uh, I, I had a previous, um, uh, 6x9 camera that I, I, we, I think we did cover on the show a few years ago. Uh, I had a Kodak Metalist 1, which uh, took beautiful images. But first of all, it took 620, um, which was the uh, the format that Kodak tried to kill 120 with at some point, but were unsuccessful. But it means having to re-spool 120 film onto 620 reels. And it's not hard to do, but it's a pain in the ass after a while. And from an ergonomics point of view, the, uh, the medalist is not a joy. It is fiddly. Um, You know, you're uh, there are things that uh, if you don't follow the instructions to the letter, it is easy to break that camera. Like just certain, like, you know certain shutter speeds. You know winding the film versus cocking the shutter, that kind of thing. You can break it. So even though it had a beautiful Ectar uh, lens, um, I no longer own the camera. I did. I traded it away. I sort of missed it, but now that I have the the Fujica, I don't miss it at all because that camera just works. Easy, beautiful viewfinder. Easy to focus. Um, loading is not a problem. Like I said, I love the fact that the negative is so big. However, one of the, um, the side effects, of course, of that is on a regular 120 roll of film, I only get eight shots. And we know that 120 film of all kinds, uh, especially Kodak, <clears throat> uh, is not cheap these days. So you can end up, you know, you're paying like a buck and a half, two bucks a frame. So it does make me think, Like I'm very happy this camera does not have a motor drive. That would make it that would make it uh, extremely extremely expensive. But apart from that, like I I really love the six by nine format. It's basically uh, the the ratio is like two to three, exactly the same as a full frame thirty five millimeter. So even that feels very at home. So if you're thinking about you know, this kind of camera is a way into medium format. If you're coming from 35 millimeter, especially if you're 35 millimeter rangefinder, this is, except for the the uh, low frame count, this is a fairly painless entry into medium format. Now, one thing about these cameras, um, if you still have any of any of it, if you can find it, you can use 220. Uh, these cameras have a have a, a switch on top of the, the camera. Allow you to switch from uh, eight exposures to 16 exposures. There's even, I guess, a four exposure, like a shorter roll. I've never seen one of those. Um, So maybe I'll get some 220 at some point, although it's getting older and older. Though hopefully the uh, CineStill folks will release their film in uh, 220. So if you can get 220, 16 frames is a bit uh, bit less painful. But uh, yep, this has become one of my uh, favorite cameras. Can't recommend it highly enough.
0: Of course, the only problem with those is that they're very hard to find in North America and very costly, even for the original.
2: Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, well, show me a camera that hasn't gone up in price recently. <laughs> Uh, except Kodak disc cameras. Okay, show me a usable camera. Um, show me a real camera that hasn't gone up in price. Yeah, these all come from Japan, and uh, boy, when you read the uh, the eBay listings, you have to read re- every, read every line of the listing because you know if if you know the Japanese, excellent plus 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 plus. Um, system, like you'll see listings that say camera is in mint condition. And then you'll read down a bit further oh, there's fungus. Oh, yeah. the viewfinder has a problem, but it looks minty. Yeah. So be very, very careful. And yes, sadly, they are not cheap. But I would say the lenses are so good. You know, if you can't afford a Mamiya 6, Mamiya 7, I, I think the lens to my eye looks just as good. So it's, I uh, haven't I,
0: met a Fuji lens I didn't like. Yeah,
2: So, you know, it's it's an investment, but to my mind, it's a, it's a worthwhile investment.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: A if, yeah. I kind of look at the Fujika 6x9 as almost a bargain compared to the Mamiya 7, uh, which, what are they now, four grand for a body
3: and a lens? Uh, Mia 7, yeah. 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 Yeah, it, yeah, whereas the
1: Fujika Texas like is a tick over... I guess anywhere between 850 bucks and maybe 1200 depending on condition plus $75 worth of shipping. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cheap, but you look at what the, the Fuji Voitlander six, seven folder that was out just a few short years ago, that's mm. skyrocketed in price. I've only seen one in person at Burlington camera and I just couldn't afford it. And, yeah, I'd love a, T- a Texas Leica, uh, uh, but I had to buy a new you, set of tires you, this year. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, you you can find them. If you get lucky, you can find some banged up ones with good optics for like in the $500 range, but you got to you gotta keep your nose to the uh, sniffing the eBay sites and the, you know, the Kijijis and the resellers and whatnot. And, you know, uh, also coming, you know, along with the mint flavored fungus from Japan, you um, uh, they are responsible for the four-shot exposure as well, which is something that you only find in Japan, from what I, my research has led me to, that there are certain Japanese cameras, don't ask me whatever happened to them or what they are, but apparently the four-exposure 120 is a Japanese thing.
0: Yes, it was designed for, like most medium-format um, Fuji cameras, especially the early ones, the 6x7 and 6x9 ones were designed around the tourist industry. Hmm. And the 6x9 ones were designed for um, group shots. So you wanted a quick turnaround. You you got this short roll um, with only enough length for four exposures that you could turn it around, take it to a lab, get it developed, get it printed, and uh, get it to the people as quickly as possible. Well, there you go. And speaking of print, probably the one format that is best for um, for print is six by seven. And if you follow Jess's work on Instagram or um, or YouTube, you will know she has a great love for six by seven.
4: Yes, I do. I mean i love all medium format <laughs> let's be honest here um i have a bunch of different cameras different formats uh and still have my eyes on a few more as well uh who doesn't <laughs> but uh, for sure the mamiya rb67 is hands down my favorite camera uh i don't think anyone's surprised by that um Why would I have chosen 6.7? It's actually the very first medium format camera that I bought. Um, And I had done a whole bunch of research and there were two things that really sold me on this camera. The first was reading in, I think it was was Ansel Adams, uh, the camera. And he talks about how the six seven negative size is the perfect for enlarging to eight by ten, and so having come out of um, school, out of school, and we had to, we always had to, uh, like when we would enlarge, we always had to enlarge our thirty five millimeter frames down to eight by ten. So we would always have to crop something out, and I always hated that. So I thought, why not pick the one camera where the negative size is perfect for my 8x10 enlargements? Um, and the second reason why I chose the Mamiya, because some people are probably thinking, why not the Pentax 67? And it's actually because of the rotating back. Uh, I love that I can just set this camera up on a tripod and I never have to like fiddle around too much with it. I just rotate the back and I can have either portrait or landscape orientation. Uh, anytime. time, uh, it's just such a great camera for for the work that I do. Um, mostly landscapes, woodland photography. Um, it's I just feel like it fits so well with me. Uh, it's most of the time sitting on a tripod. I very rarely actually hand hold it, not because. You know, I find it all that heavy or too big or too bulky, but just I'm actually kind of a bit of a shaky person. So just in case anything moves around, I always keep it on the tripod. uh, And then that way I'm insured of like super smooth negatives, which I really love. Uh, And I find it's really easy to actually like visualize the scene in front of me and compose it with six, seven. Um, You know, I I like shooting square format as well, because then you have nothing extra. It's literally just the square. So it's actually pretty easy to compose. But I find that the 6-7 just gives me that little extra bit that I love so much about it. Uh, and also, you know, one of my favorite things about the Mamiya is that it is actually an SLR, just much larger than the 35 millimeter ones we're used to. So you still get that same SLR type experience from it. So if you're coming from shooting 35 millimeter film and especially SLRs, then it's actually a very natural step towards using medium format. Uh, Although there are a few more steps involved when you're shooting with an RB 67. When I first started out, I actually had to have a checklist of all these things like, okay, so here I cock the shutter. Okay, do this. Okay, do this, do this. Do I have it all? And I mean, I still get accidental double exposures or forget that I left it in mirror lockup. And I'm like, why did I get blank frames? Uh, (laughs) It, it. That's part of the magic, I think, of of shooting one hundred and twenty. Even though it's a little pricier now to to be skipping frames and getting all these double exposures, but I guess that's just kind of part of the fun of it all. But yeah, I it's my favorite uh, favorite camera, hands down. I would absolutely recommend it. Yes, prices have gone up on them, but I. Still think that they're relative. They can still be found relatively affordably, and the glass is fantastic. Uh, it's just a really great system all around.
0: And of course, if you don't want to be lugging a fridge through the woods, there is of course the Pentax 67, which is just a brilliant camera, and one every time I use it's very dangerous because I really want one and of course <laughs> i want the fancy one course, which james has
4: <laughs> james has all the cameras
3: <laughs> oh yeah like I, I like i said i if it's shiny i like it <laughs> criteria box checked is it shiny yes i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so the 67.2 um Yeah, Uh, before I get into the camera, I agree with Jess, 6 by 7 kind of checks, speaking of boxes, checks all the boxes uh, when it comes to film photography, if you are a darkroom printer especially, Uh, and that's because 6 by 7 is, well, 4 by 5 or 8 by 10 uh, aspect ratio. So, um, and it is what I like to call close to square. And so you can say 645 is also close to square, but 645 is less than square in my book. And six by seven is more than square in my book. So if you want to um, uh, crop your negative to get a square image, you have a little bit more forgiveness and uh, and real estate uh, when it comes to shooting a six by seven. This comes in particularly handy if you're shooting um, square portraits or your, um, uh, you know, say shooting a wedding or putting an album together where, you know, you are, you know, putting together a montage of different images, uh, and it, you know, you want to leave yourself a little bit of extra room to crop, uh, in the negative, uh, because, you know, you're trying to fit it into a certain, you know, size or dimension or something like that. So having the, the extra inch there, um, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, or like what or sorry 10 millimeters rather is uh, uh inch yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a joke in there somewhere i'm just gonna leave it alone <laughs> and i'm gonna try not to look at jess's face as i continue trying to talk here without cracking up but um, uh, anyway that's what she said i said i said an inch she said 10 millimeters so there you go um <clears throat> you know uh, sadly, it likely won't be the last time I have that conversation with a member of the opposite sex, unfortunately. Uh, but in any case, um, <laughs> uh, having that extra 10 millimeters certainly helps uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, in terms of the camera, uh, the 67.2, so there's been uh, three other, two other iterations of this camera, or three other iterations of this camera, um, is there four iterations? Uh, so I, I know there was the six by six x seven, uh, then the six by seven with the with the mirror lockup, up and then the sixty seven, and, and then the the sixty seven 67.2. So the one I have is the sixty seven two, uh, and uh, it was released in nineteen ninety eight, and I believe is the um, you know obviously given that it, you know it's later construction is the most refined out of the, uh, out of the four versions that are available. For me, the biggest thing is, you know, um, although I can appreciate Ned Flanders, left-handed cameras don't really work that well for me. So the six by seven, or sorry, the 672 puts the grip on the right hand side of the camera for us, mostly right-handed shooters. That's convenient. Um, it still has the lugs to put the big wooden handle on the left hand side if you so choose. Um, certainly not a compact camera, certainly not a light camera, but very purpose built. The nice thing about the sixty-seven too, is that you can buy different finders for it. So I have the AE finder with mine. So you know, Alex was saying he wants, he likes the latest and greatest. I share that uh, philosophy with him too. And having an AE finder. With matrix metering, center weighted, and, and spot metering is absolutely fantastic. And more importantly, when you're shooting in the studio or you're shooting portraits and you want to quickly compensate for exposure, uh, it has a, a plus three, minus three exposure comp dial on it, so you can really move quickly um, when you're shooting. It, it's it's a you know it's a fantastic um, camera from from that perspective in terms of ISO range, um, you know, without having to make any manual. Um, you know, calculations or adjustments you can shoot, uh, you know, uh, from 6 to 6400 ISO without having to do that. So that really covers the gamut of all if you know you want to go low ISO and be shooting on a tripod for some really cool landscapes, you know, or you want to go up to 6400, you can, uh, you know, plug that into your, uh, your ISO reading and not have to worry about it too much. Um, has mirror lockup. Um, takes 120 and 220 film uh, so if you have 220, you know, it, it's, it's pretty good uh, in terms of convenience. Uh, takes two C123A C1, um, uh, lithium cells, uh, which are fairly common. They're not the cheapest cells in the world, but they do last a long time. Um, I've used this camera extensively in sub-zero temperatures here in Canada. And I have never, never touched wood, um, had an issue with it um you know batteries work work really really well um it's uh you know a really good you know entry i wouldn't say entry level but sort of mid to advanced level uh point if you want to get into medium format if you're a portrait shooter um this is probably you know aside from say shooting like a a, a hasty six by six or a hasty with a With either a 120 macro or a 150 sonar Uh, if you're into portraits the 105 2.2.4 for this lens is just or this lens with this camera for shooting portraits is really just you know it's a dreamy combination portrait shooters love it i get excellent results uh with it um i also shoot um, a lot of landscapes with it with a uh with a 55 millimeter uh lens which is um really cheap um, you know, in terms of cost, um, uh, Takumar and these Takumar lenses are actually, you know, you know, really, really good, uh, uh, good lenses. Uh, so, um, you know, I would even say that, you know, some of them are, you know, they're, they're into the, you know, the same realm as some of the, uh, the Zeiss lenses that you'll see, uh, in, um, uh, in the Hasselblad uh, lineup, in particular, the 105 2.4. But you know, Pentax has always been um, an exceptional uh, optics manufacturer, in my opinion. And you know, it, it, they haven't sold anything short in the 672. I think if you're into the large SLR form factor, medium format cameras, you you know, and weight is a concern for you. Um, you know, and then bear in mind, you have to accept certain criteria uh when it comes to weight with uh with shooting 120. um you know and that goes from the Texas like uh you know up to the you know the uh um the uh you know the camera Tess was just talking about I don't know why I can't remember it now for crying the out loud 6x, the RB six by seven and and I was you know marrying that up and of course the Fuji GX 680. These are big, huge cameras. Um, you know, on the lighter end, you're gonna you're gonna have what John talked about in the middle. Um, you're gonna have the the Pentax Six Sevens, and then at the heavier end, you're gonna you know see the uh, RBs. Um, so I think it's a good a good balance in between without getting into folders and, and and that sort of thing for for really lightweight. The optics, the interchangeable lenses, and things like that. This camera is a little odd too. They they actually did make um uh, a polaroid back for this camera believe it or not Uh, but the thing is is once you put the back on you have to use the entire pack of polaroid film you can't take the back off it ruins the film that's left over but definitely hard to find the prices of these things are just ridiculous i paid for my kit about five years ago i'd say five or six years ago and my kit came with three lenses a flash the other handle uh, everything in box. I paid about twenty five hundred bucks um, without the one hundred five two point four. Though I bought the one hundred five two point four later for about thousand um, dollars. That kit now um, is probably north of four thousand dollars these days.
0: You're probably looking at about five k for yeah. that kit, and yes. that was back when I looked last October.
3: Yeah. So they have just. The the prices are just, I mean, yeah. I mean they are what they are. They it's just, you know, they're they're too high for, for what the camera is, quite frankly. But mm. you know, um, you know, if you're passionate about film and, and shooting uh medium format and particularly in the portrait space, you know, think long and hard about it. Yeah. It, it won't steer you steer you wrong, but it will cost you a bit of money.
4: Stick with Mamiya, it's cheaper.
2: <laughs> and don't worry, Alex, you'll be walking down the street sometime. Someone will see you and say, hey, you're a film photographer. Uh, I have this old Pentax uh, sixty-seven <laughs> two at home that I hear you can't get film anymore. So why don't I just give it to you for free?
3: That would I would love that. Me. That would not <laughs> surprise me whatsoever.
0: <clears throat> but of course, we do have the iconic format for 120 and sometimes it's a good thing to think in the box bill think square
1: <laughs> yeah six by six six times two is what do you get 112 out of zero it's 120 it's an elegant format why i love six by six because i do darker in print and it's easy to crop you don't like it one way okay turn it 90 degrees it probably works just fine. So cropping is easy with six by six or you can print square all together. So I've always been a big six by six shooter. I have dabbled with uh, a Texas Leica, a younger version of what John shoots with. Yes, I want one. Unfortunately, I had to buy a new set of tires for my car this year. So let's just say discretionary income got spoken for. But who knows, you never know in the future. Anyway, back but I digress, six by six, I'm a TLR guy. I shoot twin lens reflex cameras, which it's kind of like for the lay people, it's like the camera that Vivian Meyer shot with. And the big one is of course, Rolly Flex. I love Rolleiflex. I have uh, two of them, both uh, with 75 F3.5 Zeiss planar lenses. One is an E series and one is a thin F series. Uh, The F of course is younger. It is also, if you're looking to buy one, it's more expensive because you can take the uh, the viewfinder off and you can put on a prism but you can't do with the E. Also, uh, you can get a slightly lesser expensive cousin, the rolly cord, which is sort of the quote unquote consumer model. Uh, they came uh, four iterations from the one to the five. And of course, they've had the 5A and the 5B. Um, again, they all either came with Zeiss Tessar or Schneider Zenar lenses, which are 75 f3.5 focal length. Also, to confuse things even more, Roliflex had an auto called model called the Automat, which kind of looks like the big brother one with the advanced crank, but had the lens from the rolly cord. Is everyone still with me? Everyone's glazed over. Yes, Bill, can we continue? Rolly, 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 uh, Frank and Heideka had something for everybody. So when it comes time to like, hey man, I wanna get a, a twin lens reflex and all of a sudden it's like, two grand. Oh. Bear in mind, rolly cords are cheaper. By and large, you can get a decent uh, Rolly cord four to a 5B, anywhere between 400 and 700 bucks. Yes, Rolli-Cords, anything German has gotten up, but I'm gonna give you another option. Mamiya, pick on Mamiya again. The C220F, I've had mine for 10 years. Yes, it's a boat anchor, just like Jess's 6-7. She's laughing, but she's on mute. But what can you get with this, the Mami C, Mamiya C220 you can't do with the Rolleiflex. Well, the Rolleiflex is basically a point and shoot, but a very glorious point and shoot that gives you stunning images. But I'm also gonna say the Mamiya gives you stunning images too, but it also comes with interchangeable lenses. And you can do something that you can sort of can't do with Rolleiflex unless you got Rolinar's and believe me, Rolinar's are very expensive little accessories. Um, you can close focus with a Mamiya C220F or a 330F that you can't do with a RolliFlex. Again, you need the rollin but that's almost an episode in its own. Let's go deep in Rolli uh, accessories, but get back to the task at hand. What's so great about the 220F, aside from it being a boat anchor and it's got interchangeable lenses, it is a system camera, they are built to last. And again, you can get into one for about 500 bucks and change with a 220 or if you really shop smart, a 330 and an 80 f2.8 Mamiya C-Core lens. Preferably what you want is the ones with the blue dot. Now, what does that mean? It comes with the fancier coatings. Now, if that's too expensive for you, there's always Ricoflex, Minolta Auto Chords, and you can go into the Yashica line of TLRs where it's on its own rabbit hole. I'm going to be honest with you, I am not an expert on the Yashica TLRs. Um, there are others, other people out there that can talk to it better than I can, but if you're looking for something budget, that's what I would look at as well. And again, you can get one from $500 and under. Again, shop smart. Because again, these cameras are old and... You know, you're going to want to have a a repair tech lined up to give it a good overhaul. Factor that in with the cost of buying it. So yeah, yeah, the other bonus of TLRs, well, maybe not the two Mamiya series, but the other ones, they're light. You can throw one in your briefcase and take it with you. So really it's just that pocket full of film, um, a Sakonic L398A light meter, and you're good to go. And that's why I love TLRs and and again, the 6x6 format. And from that, I'll hand her back to Alex.
0: So my first experience with 120 film <coughs> was TLRs. Um, Alomo Lubitel 2, Yashica 12, Roloflex 2.8 F. Mm. And I'll admit when I first started working with them, I struggled with composing 6x6. I really, really did. And then I was at Bell Art Camera on Ottawa Street in Hamilton, and I was introduced to 645 in the form of the Pentax 645. This is a beautiful SLR. Again, you get that wonderful Pentax glass. Um, You get um, full auto exposure. Um, plus aperture priority and shutter priority and manual as well and interchangeable lenses. This The Pentax 645 and subsequent two models, the N and the N2, are a great entry-level camera for medium format because they're point-and-shoots. You point, you focus, you shoot. And you get the power of a much larger negative. You get six centimeters by four and a half centimeters, which makes it really easy to print. Um, not as easy as a six by seven, but you definitely have a lot more wiggle room than you do with a 35 millimeter negative. Um, but it was what really sold me on 645 was the 35 millimeter focal length. Now, I'm a wide-angle junkie, I always have been, I probably get that from my many explorations of abandoned buildings and just loving the big empty, and that 645, that Pentax 645 with the 35mm f3.5 lens was just perfect for it. And then I let the camera go. Because I thought, well, I have a Hasselblad. I got my Roloflex. I'm happy. I wasn't. And then a Mamiya M645 dropped into my lap. And when I was offered up a couple of lenses from James Lee, one of them was that wonderful 35 millimeter focal length. And the M645, despite being a little bit less than, say, the Pentax 645, it's a lot more manual it's a system camera and what makes it that great is that you can adapt it to what you need it to do and you pair it with the 80 millimeter f 2.8 a waist level finder and you have a really great travel camera and even you can even put in that 35 millimeter lens and it really doesn't take up that much extra space it doesn't add that much weight and it's a Beautiful wide-angle shot, great for cities, great for landscapes. You put that 80 or the 150 millimeter lens on it, you've got a great camera for portrait work. Um, you put an eye-level finder and an L-grip, and it just works. You can do landscape, you can do portrait orientation. The downside with both these cameras is because they use a film insert, you only get 15 shots on a roll as opposed to 16. I can work with that right because once you start getting into the more modern versions you're getting into much more electronic much more plastic and the price has seriously gone up on those like most other medium format cameras have but i i personally just find it ideal i've i've much improved my skills with six by six so i love my tlr as well, and I do try to take my flux out as much. But when it comes to medium format, especially if I'm in a city or doing a YouTube video like my On the Road series, it's always the mamiya that I reach for. Those 15 frames gives just a nice ability to tell a, a story really well. So I'm hoping that I'm, I'm planning on taking it out to actually do what it was designed for and shoot a wedding with it this summer.
1: Of the two, uh, of the two, would you recommend the Mamiya 645 over the Pentax?
0: Depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking, if you're someone who isn't really that comfortable with a light meter and being able to um, use it, know where to aim it. um, I would definitely go for the Pentax 645 because you have that built in light meter automatically um, plus the automatic film advance um, yeah but if you're looking for a budget model that offers a lot of flexibility um, yeah the mamiya m645 because you can take out just your Siconic or your Gausen, um or you can use a Raveni lab spot meter and that's actually a really good pairing with it, because again, the small form factor, you hold it up to your eye, you can get that precision metering that you need. And with a good black and white film or color negative film, you can, it's a little more cost effective to practice um, the zone system or um, the precision metering method.
4: And for cost effective too, you can always go with a Bronica, the ETR uh version is a little cheaper than like the etrs and and mm-hmm. all the others that came after uh, and its experience is very similar to the m645 which yeah. is a lot of fun uh that's actually um it was jody who bought a Bronica etr that got me to want to try 645 but it was you alex who raved so much about your m645000s that i was like that's the camera i'm getting so i did
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, and plus with the ETR, you have the uh, hot swappable backs and the full sixteen frames because yes. they have magazines instead of inserts.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that that wraps it up. And um, yes, the hashtag one twenty millimeter or one twenty millimeter film. That's not something that I will publicly shame people on. Absolutely not. Um, especially if they're new to film photography, the only place I'll publicly shame people for using that is corporate websites. Like, I mean, Adorama, come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're Adorama, you can afford a proofreader.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Says this marketing professional. It's like, yeah, you
0: can
3: afford to proofread. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, 120 film, extremely versatile. You can shoot it as small as 645. You can take it all the way up to 6x17. It will always deliver. And 120 millimeter? Well, that'll deliver some pretty effective anti-aircraft fire, if I say so myself.
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess I'll go first. This is James Lee. Hey, look, if you don't know how a camera works... Just, all you really need to do is look into it.
4: (laughs) All right, well, I always follow James, so I'll go next. This is Jess Hobbs saying size does matter. Negative size, that is.
3: (laughs) Wait, the 10 millimeters does not equal
4: an inch?
1: (laughs) 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 It's, yeah, this is Bill Smith. Uh, It's hip to be square, six by six, that is.
2: This is John Meadows, and both my ideas have been stolen, or got to first. So, yeah, so, hmm. I have have nothing. I'll just echo what uh, Alex said. What I like about the 120 film is you get cameras that are tiny all the way up to cameras that are beasts, any choice of formats, experiences. Uh, It's amazing to see a phone format 120 years old and still kicking. So, go ahead and get your kicks on a 6 by 6 Hey, nice. There you See, go. I
0: can't believe you, you missed it. It was right there, John. Wine me, dine me,
2: you know the rest. Well, but I didn't want to pay the royalties.
3: Oh, okay, well, let's do this together. Ready? Wine me?
2: Dine me. 6 by 9 me.
3: But there it belongs you go. to James. Yeah. That one, I think, uh,
2: that,
3: I believe I used that one uh, the very first recording I did. Um, and I was talking about a six by nine. I was talking about my super icon to be, actually, I think. Yeah. Line me, dine me, mm-hmm. six by nine me.
2: And the show went down from there.
3: <laughs> yeah, it only went up 10 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>